Hello, everyone, and welcome to. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Excuse me. Coming to you as always from deep within the outer rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. Oh, I wish I knew how. I wish I knew how to edit these things. I'd edit that whole thing out. But oh well. It makes for great radio or podcasting. <laughs> oh, anyway, my name is John Mark Tolly, and joining me as always is my co-host, Garrett K. Jones. Jones. And I just realized I still have Dada and Lily up there as my name <laughs> from my other show. <laughs> Even though Lily oh. is not oh. here, this is not Star Wars <laughs> to the Eyes of a Child. This is War of the Stars. Oh. Oh, uh, we're off to a great start, aren't we? Yes. Oh, yeah. Don't feel too bad. I mean, at least you don't look like the guy who tried to you know, rough up Luke in the Moss Eisley Cantina right now. <laughs> My eyes is doing this weird thing from an allergic reaction, and it's going mm. nuts. Thankfully, it's mm. actually on the bed, but yeah. That's good. Yes. 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 So this week, we are covering the fourth episode of yes. The Bad Batch Season 2. And Well, man, before we get that... Before we get to that, I think it behooves us to talk just a couple minutes about the season three trailer for Mandalorian, which dropped. Um, yes. Uh, just, I mean, just quick initial thoughts. Um, quick initial I think we thought. got a little bit more of what this season is going to be. I mean, we already kind of knew we're going to be going back to Mandalore. Um, and we kind of got that, but you know, repeat, you know, we're, we're going getting back to a lot of the old Mandalorians, homes. plural, way more Mandalorians, plural yeah. than we have in the past. And I'm, I'm really excited. Like I saw this and I'm just like, Woo-hoo-hoo. yes. And I'm loving all the different Mandalorian, like the colors of the armor and how the armor, oh, yeah. all the armor looks different. It's not just one, you know, type of armor. They're all these different colors and, well, and, and the way that we're seeing this is like, I mean, I've always I've always attributed the Mandalorians to being very much like the samurai of of ancient Japan. And yeah. what's interesting is if you look at the if you look at the, the the group that Mando has been a part of for the last couple of seasons, mm-hmm. where he's be, the group that he's being kind of excommunicated or exiled from, um, they're kind of like this re- really hyper religious group. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they're living underground, because they're kind of a disheveled group, um, most of their armor doesn't look that bright and fancy. Like by the end of, of the first season, Mando's armor is probably the fanciest looking armor from that, mm-hmm. that group of Mandalorians. Yes. But when, you, when we get into season two and we start seeing, um, we start seeing, uh, uh you're going to kill me. What's, what's her name? Um, Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan, thank you. When we see Bo-Katan, her uh, her armor is, I mean, it's always been unique. It's been very pristine and kept up because that honor code is is part of that. Um, but as we've been introduced to more Mandalorians, we're seeing the armor getting cleaned up. We're seeing more color brought back to it. I mean, you look at, you look at Boba Fett. Boba Fett, I mean, for the longest time, his armor was just beat to heck because, you know, he was going from job to job to job. And especially during the time of the empire, that was harder to do. Now we're kind of quasi post empire. And he, he finally had the opportunity to clean up the armor and make it look yeah. nice. And I will yeah. say 
from a visual aesthetic, that was one of the things that um, Book of Boba Fett did well. Mm -hmm. That they really beefed up the look of the armor, and I like that. Yeah. Um, but with this new season, I'm excited. It's going to be me fun. Too. Me too. I'm I'm looking forward to getting more into the Mandalorian lore, and maybe even you know bringing you know some little bit of Clone Wars lore too. Yes, you know, bring bringing that in, and you know, when he brought out that he holds up that old Mandalorian helmet, and uh, you know, seeing the um, yeah, just just seeing where the season goes, seeing who who who's going to be the big bad guy for this season. Um, I think I think we're going to get a little bit more of uh, Moff Gideon as a bad guy. I, I hmm. for sure, and I feel like with with Ahsoka landing this year, I think yeah. we're going to get some segues into what's going to happen with her because she's supposed to be looking for Ezra Bridger and she's dealing with uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Hmm. Or at least yeah. that's what I've been told. Yeah. Yeah. Now, before we get into our main topic, I just want to ask you what, how do you think they're going to work with uh, Bo-Katan? Because it looks the way they're setting up, it looks like she may not be a villain, but she's definitely going to be someone that's going to be an adversary, at least at the beginning. To I think like they could set up where she starts out as an adversary, but then ends up being more of a a help to Den. But they're both going for the same thing. I mean, well, I mean, at least that's what we're kind of thinking. Is it seems like Den has the dark saber. At least that's what we're assuming. Den has the dark saber. We know from Book of Boba Fett. So it looks like all of these Mandalorians are kind of flocking to him. Like they see he has the dark saber, so they're coming to him, and he's kind of the reluctant leader. Whereas Bo is the one who she was the leader of Mandalore. She lost that, and now she wants it back. Yeah, I think we're gonna get we're gonna get something in there, and I think it's, I like. I think she is going to be adversarial because she wants it back for sure. Yeah. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. 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 Well, this episode had really nothing to do. The episode of Bad Batch had nothing to do with the Mandalorian. No, it but, didn't. Other than just being yeah. really cool. It was very cool. Um, I heard, I saw one person refer to it as the first filler episode. It did feel like a filler episode. Yeah, but at the same time, I I think it did, and we'll get into that later. It did set up potentially things for the future. Like there's a few things that set up for, and um, we'll get into that. But for the way it was set up for a potential turn by, um, I can't even think of the of of her name, the uh, the person who gives. Oh, um, uh, Sid. Sid, uh, a potential turn on the bad batch by said they kind of set up something to potentially happen in in the future with some things that happened in this episode at least i think i think it's set up for that that possibility at least or at least something where the bad batch will now be looking over their shoulders and you know wondering okay can we trust her is she going to turn on us i i think you i think i think you you're absolutely right because uh, the end. Well, what the end of the episode just gave us this nice setting because I mean, if you look at the way she handles things, 
you know, every time they ask for payment on something, she's like, well, you already got part of it. You know, yeah. she's always, she, she's always pawning them off on something yeah. else on, the, on whatever's coming next. Yeah. And, and, you know, from just from an audience perspective, it gets, you know, you get really annoyed with characters like that because you can tell deep down, they're not really all that trustworthy as no, much as they no. say they are. Um, but then you look at um, how things play out with this, this gangster that she's dealing with. And even though he's not even close to being, you know, Jabba level dangerous, he's still dangerous in his own right. And, you know, he, he shows some respect towards the end to batch uh, to, uh, to tech and heavy and, and, uh, and uh, Omega for how they handle things. But yeah. it was, yeah, we're, we're getting the sense that maybe there's something there that yeah. they're going to have to overcome. Yeah. And I think, I think also, and we're, we're kind of jumping around here, I know, but the way she, she kind of did, you know, when they came and rescued her and she kind of did that, oh, you know, you guys came back for me. You guys did this for me. That, you know, kind of, that was, that could make that potential betrayal even more heart-wrenching. Yes. If that comes, that's going to be for all of them, you know, for her and for the bat, for the batch. When that, if that, if and when that does come, that's going to make that, you know, more of a knife twisting in the back of it. Yes. Um, agreed. And I mean, and not to, you know, look ahead, but that could be a potential way for Crosshair to rejoin the fold is he say he helps. You know, she betrays them, and he he does something to help them. You know, you know, I, I I could see that. Um, I what what's going to be interesting is how this how the rest of the season plays out. I mean, yeah. ab, I mean, I agree that this is absolutely a filler episode. But one of the things I've liked about this is that for most of season one, um the episodes showed the batch pretty much together all the time. Mm -hmm. There was never really a moment where they were out. And if they were separated, they were separated for less than an episode. Right. In this case, we have, we've had a couple of episodes in a row now where you have characters set up, separated from the, from the rest of the group for at least an episode. Yeah. And where it's just them, like we got to learn a little bit more about, between the last couple of episodes, we've gotten to learn a little bit more about tech and what he's capable yes. of. He's not yeah. just a brainiac. He is, he actually enjoyed racing. He, yeah. he, he had fun with that. Yes. And this is the first time that we've seen him have fun. Yeah. Um, yeah I, uh, oh, yeah. We, we, you said crosshair. We got to see a whole episode with crosshair. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, while we have seen episodes with crosshair in them, it's usually him hunting the rest of his his brothers um again we with heavy we actually get to see a, a side of him that's a little bit different like right for a guy as big and strong as he is he's actually got some brains behind him yeah that people tend well, to overlook because i need to i need to uh correct you said this a couple of time it's wrecker wreck oh you're right you keep saying heavy heavy was heavy is something completely different yeah heavy um, was one of the clones from uh clone wars you're absolutely yes. right. Oh man, yes. I feel like I'm which now. is it's interesting. Um, plug for my other show, uh, Star Wars Through the Eyes of a Child. The, one of the last episodes we watched was Clone Cadets, which introduced uh, yeah. 
echo and heavy and fives and cut up uh as domino squad nice so yeah it was kind of yeah so it's kind of ironic you just kind of mentioned that but um i think it was also this was also a good episode after having such a heavy episode <laughs> in yeah sort of did there um, yeah, yeah, yeah. with You're... last with the last episodes being so just a literal term a heavy episode um you know kind of very dark and brooding episode it was nice to have a very light uplifting fun uh in a lot of ways low stakes yes episode you know there wasn't a lot on the line there wasn't other than you know they might lose sid but you know it really wasn't i mean sure yeah is she She's their cash cow, but is that really a loss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was so funny, and I MVP is that droid. I cannot remember his name. Teo. Uh, what? Teo. Teo. Oh my goodness, that was he had the single best death scene I think I've seen in Star Wars in a while. We just. <laughs> just and then that last line, I regret nothing. nothing. Well, you know what's funny is you know who did that voice, right? Yes, uh, Schwartzman. Um, uh, yeah, Ben Schwartzman, uh, he, who ben does Schwartzman. the voice of Sonic the Hedgehog. And, and BB-8. Does, oh, that's right. He does do the voice of BB-8. I forgot that he's part of that. That makes more sense. He did, he did BB-8. Yeah. And, yes. uh, and I mean, just, just the whole... Oh. When they, well, I love that scene where he's putting him back together, where Tech is putting him back together, and the line of uh, "less chatter, more spanner." Yes, um, yeah. I, I I thought it was I, what I really liked about his character is like I recognize the voice right off the bat, and I'm like, "Huh, really cool. I like that. The fact that they're bringing him in because he's got that personality. Like, if you've ever yeah. seen the show Space Force on Netflix." Um, he's in that he plays the kind of the PR guy for the, for the space force agency. And like, he just constantly runs his mouth and it's no wonder that he, they pulled him in for playing Sonic yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. But going back to other Disney material in the, the reboot of DuckTales, he was, yeah. he plays yeah. Dewey duck and he's hilarious in that role because nice. he, he showboats the character. It like, and so this is the this is the kind of character that's perfect for him. Although I feel it's a bit typecast, but I liked him as this 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 one off character. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I love the fact that you have, you know, you have tech and 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 this droid, and you'd think the droid would be the one that is very technical minded and you have to do things by you know like like what c3po is you know that the whole analytical you know but he's like nope just go with your gut yep. just, just go on instinct yes there is and, and i like that there's there's a good sense of humor there that you don't otherwise see from a droid. I mean, usually the, the droid's response is like, dude, really? You're a human and you think you could do my job better. And but then you've got this this droid who very much thinks that he is actually better at doing this job than a human could. And it's like, oh, interesting. 
I'd like to see how well he fares in a pod race against, you know, someone with the force. Yeah. Yeah. And I think other interesting that almost all of the, of the um, racers were droids. In fact, they all were, I think they all were with maybe with, a couple of exceptions. With the exception of the gangsters racer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cause you had, you had the, uh, you had the protocol droid. You had the one full protocol droid. You had the, the protocol droid with the battle droid head, which is a callback to, to uh, Attack of the Clones. Yep. <laughs> I saw that. that. I'm like, oh. Oh, uh, man. That, that was too perfect. Yeah. And I love the introduction of uh, – that was the one thing I also liked that they did that they – that, like, going through, and I knew – you, you kind of had a feeling – what Can I have a feeling that someone was going to have, and I kept, I kept asking myself, "Please don't be Omega. Please don't be Omega." And I'm so glad they didn't go that route. I'm I was so too, I, so glad they didn't go with that route because was, that would have been too much like Anakin. Yes, and would have been too like, oh, look how special Omega is. Like, like, and like, yeah. I think she, they, she did a. They had they had enough of her in this episode that she was still a part of, you know, a part of the episode, and she set she's the one who set everything up, which I was fine with. You know, that's something that a kid would do. A kid would would act before without thinking. Um, yeah. So I had no that, problem with that of her, you know, running her mouth saying like, "Hey, we'll do it," and you know, because that's something a kid would do. You know, that's something a kid would without thinking too and say like, "Yeah, my dad can beat up your dad." <laughs> and you're going there, you're like, oh, I'm gonna die. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, um, my one of the things I thought was great is like, yeah, I, I felt that ex that expectation of Omega because she's already shown to have some level of kind of this preternatural ability to, mm -hmm. you know, do things that other people can't. Um, and I'm, I, and you know, like there's hints that maybe she's yeah. more sensitive and I'm glad that they, they flipped that script and they put tech in the driver's seat, literally, yes. because it, yes. it just makes it feel so much more authentic since he's and the guy makes, the vehicle. Yeah. And it makes yeah. sense. Who's the one who flies their ship? Tech. Tech yeah. is the pilot. So it makes sense that he would be the one that would be in in the cockpit, um, which I'm sorry, the introduction that was hilarious too. You know, they're doing all the and, and tech. tech, yeah, tech. Who who is this guy? What tech? <laughs> yeah, it's like he even forgets that he exists from time to time. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's usually so quiet; he's just doing his own thing, and he only pipes up when there's like like something that needs correcting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the, the scene where you know, they they had the blasters and the blasters kills the one guy in the stands. <laughs> <laughs> that was that had that literally that almost had me snorting. If I if I would have been drinking something, I probably would have done a spit take. I that <laughs> made me too. snort. I I got to admit, I was like, yeah, that was that was good. That was good. I'm right um, there with. You. That was funny. But yeah, it was just I, overall just a fun fun episode. Yes. Um, is there anything that you didn't like about it? Um, <coughs> that or, or that like was like, oh, I wish they would have done done something different. 
I would have liked to have seen a. I don't know. It felt like things were a little too cut and dry, a little too friendly towards the end of the episode, where it's like, like usually gangsters like that would have some level of like they'd come off a little bit more threatening. The, uh, the character that we had in this episode was he was less threatening and it was more um, just giving a warning. Just very yeah. like he was a cutthroat businessman. He was willing to cheat, but he, and you know, willing to, to hold people hostage as you know, collateral. But it's like he didn't seem like the kind of gangster who'd actually kill somebody, yeah, or yeah. you know, torture. We're, we're, he's not you know, a Dryden Voss. No, or, or, and you also got a you had a sense that Sid and this gangster had a history together. Yes, like they knew each other, and they were probably, if not business point. partners, they'd at least had some sort of running run in with each other and knew each other well. Yes. Um, yeah. Which. Yeah, it's going to be. Um, it's going to be interesting to see the next episode if we get the the uh, the batch back together. Um, I'm kind of assuming we will. I think we will. Yeah, it's think... inevitable. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you think again? Tech was the MVP of this episode. I, oh, I absolutely. And I I think the thing I like the most is that, like I said, we're getting more episodes with the individual characters. We get to see their personalities. We get to mm -hmm. see their quirks coming out. And I like that. It makes them feel yeah. more fleshed out than just going off of what we know of them from superficial things. Like, I mean, the only thing yeah. I knew about tech was, oh, he's the tech guy. Great. Yeah. Did not care. He wasn't as engaging as Hunter, who seems to be, you know, he's who's that brooding, mysterious, you know, I mean, Hunter is essentially Rambo, just throwing it yeah. Basically, and, yeah. And, um, I mean, each of these characters feels like the the archetype of, like, a 1980s action movie. You mm -hmm. know, you've got the the brooding leader, you've got the film strong guy, you've got the, the, the damaged veteran, uh, you've got Tech, who's the the tech guy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's no, you know, howling mad Murdoch or anything, but you know, he's, he's still engaging, but not yeah. as engaging as some of the other characters. And then you've got crosshair who is a complete sociopath. <laughs> and then you've yeah, got this kid. And yeah. to, get, to know their personalities, their skill sets just a little bit better mm -hmm. makes them feel more tangible for the audience. And I like that. Yeah. Cause it seemed like last season, you know, the only only person that you really got any type of connection with with the audience was besides Hunter and Omega was Wrecker. Yeah. You know, and and even that, you know, you got like a little bit, you got their the old them and Omega, him and Omega's thing of getting the 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 berries, uh the the snacks afterward that became kind of their thing. Yep. And but I'm, to see I'm and to see, it's getting to see their all of their connections, all of their connection with Omega, and how they you know they become this family, and how each and how Omega relates to each one. 
you know, where, you know, I think it's, I think it's safe to say that, you know, Hunter is kind of like the father figure for her. You know, he's, he's the dad. He's the one that she kind of looks to um, yeah. for that type of protection. And so it's going to be interesting to see how she relate, you know, that relationship grows with all of them. And even with, even with Crosshair, because at the end of last season, she said, he's like, you're my brother too. You know, just as much as they're, they're my brothers, you are too, you know, and I'll, so that's going to be really interesting, I think, to see too going forward. I think so as well. I'm curious to see how the, how everybody's relationship with Crosshair develops because he's, he's the outsider now. Like he's always been an outsider, but only because of his position within the group. Now he's truly on the outside and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's definitely gonna be very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to more episodes of, the bad batch in season yes. um do you is think it, i mean do you think do you think they have enough for a season three or i i don't know yet it really depends on where season two goes yeah um, i mean the writing is tight it's concise and i think they have the potential to do that i mean it, it, i mean despite the fact that it's a clone war spinoff essentially mm-hmm. i think they have uh, like I have no doubt that Disney's going to want to franchise this out as much as they possibly can because yeah. that's what they do. I mean, come on, there's no need to franchise Airbuds, and yet they did it anyway. Um, but <laughs> that being said, we have the potential for doing something really, really fun with this series mm-hmm. as it bridges between um, Clone Wars and Rebels. Yes, this is really this is really the true bridge between those two shows, mm-hmm. and and adds quite a bit of substantial information to the timeline. And I'm yeah, really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think I don't know if I've asked this before, but now other than the the uh, the pilot episode, do you think we will, or do you want to see any Jedi? Or do you want to kind of keep that separate where I would prefer, honestly, I would prefer to keep it separate. I mean, that would just, that would just be my preference for it. But Mm -hmm. I mean, at some point we're probably going to get something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't mind, you know, a bit, although no, I I know how they would work that though, with Kanan coming back in, uh, because of the reaction he has when he meets um, Captain Rex in Rebels. If he suddenly meets the Bad Bats, that that would kind of negate that whole well, reaction. That's just it. They don't even have to have the characters meet. Yeah, and that, that's the point is that you can have these characters and their story um, kind of be the the glue that holds Clone Wars and Rebel and Rebels together. However, if if they do have an episode where things cross over, I mean, we already had that in the very first episode of Bad Batch 
because the Bad Batch are the ones who actually rescue Kane and Jarrus from being killed by his clone troopers. Yeah. Which which is what, you know, uh, cat, uh, hits the domino effect for everything that's happening in last season and this season. So mm-hmm. the fact that he's already encountered them is really not that big of an issue. He, he may not, I mean, he may, it, it, they don't even have to inter- introduce him at all. Maybe they introduce the ghost crew before he bo- becomes a part of it. Mm. Well, I mean, we've already been introduced. We've already seen Hera, uh, a young Hera. Right. We've seen a young um, Kanan. We've seen the young Caleb Doom. Yeah. Um, so we've been we already been introduced to two of the Ghost Crew. Well, three. I mean, a uh, little murder droid. Um, <sighs> yes, Chopper. 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 Um, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> oh, good old Chopper. Uh, but you know, you know, I mean, introduced to a couple, you know, a few of the other, you know, other crew. I mean, that's not it's not beyond possibility. Yeah, that's true. And it would be it would be interesting to see how this how this plays out. Yeah. So. Well, it's going to be, and we will be right here to take you through it uh, as, um, yeah. And so, well, as we wrap things up, um, final grade of this episode. Um, I would say, I would say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to round it up to a good 8.5 out of 10. And just for the sheer fact that it had Eddie, uh, Ernie Hudson in it. I love Ernie Hudson. He is good at playing. Uh, he's good at playing um, hero characters. He's good at playing even villainous characters. Yeah, and his vo- his voice work is a lot of fun. Yes, I will give it uh, two streams crossing out. Uh, I'll give it four point five streams crossing out of five. If you get the uh, Ernie Hudson, I do love it. <laughs> love it. Uh, <laughs> well, it was a, it was a it was a good episode. Yes. It was. Oh, yes. Oh. What did you do, Ray? What did you do? <laughs> oh man. Oh. Anyway, well, before we get off on a tangent, uh, Garrett, why don't you tell the people out there where they can find you at? Well, you guys can find me, of course, on Instagram and Twitter at gkj underscore publishing. Uh, that's where I show all things about what I'm working on. I've got book five coming out in my archives of a Syncrean fantasy series. Uh, it comes out on Friday, February 3rd. That's just in a couple of weeks. I'm super stoked about it because I've been working on this book for four years or so. The majority of that was spent in revisions, rewrites, and, uh, and all those fun things. So, um, so that's where you can find me and, and interact with me. You can also find me on YouTube, uh, on at uh, again G, at GKJ Publishing, uh, where I do a show called The Right Way, where we do uh, top ten video recommendations, uh, author interviews. Uh, we have creative writing tips where we're right now we're working through the world building uh, and looking at through the lens of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Last season, we looked at the hero's journey through the lens of Star Wars. Uh, so got to bridge, 
that back to Star Wars. And then uh, this actual Saturday, I'm going to be doing a live stream on Instagram. Uh, so if you follow me, uh, you get to take a peek into what's going on with what I'm working on, things I'm trying to put together. Nice, nice. Uh, as for us right here, if you want to get a hold of us, the best way to do that is through our email that is war of the stars one email.com ah. uh you can also find us ah. <laughs> i'll just let you do are on twitter yeah on twitter our twitter handle is the same it is at war of the stars one um you can also find us on facebook just search war of the stars a star wars podcast join the group there uh we are a proud member of the red five network red five network.com for more information, if you want to check us out, uh, you're going anywhere. We are wherever Pine Pine Podcast are. Oh my gosh, dyslexia is getting the better of us. Wow. Finest are heard. Uh, Spotify, we're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcast. We are on, just go to wherever you get your podcast. Again, type in War of the Stars. You should find us there. Uh, if you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars and spreadshirt.com forward slash shop forward slash war of the stars. Also, check out my other show, Star Wars The Eyes of a Child, where myself and my daughter Lily, my seven-year-old daughter Lily, are going through the entire Clone Wars series and canonical order. Uh, it's been a fun, it's been a blast. We are on episode, the. let's see, we've, we did two episodes the first week, and then we did the movie, and then we've done two more episodes. So we're five episodes in, um, and it's just been a blast. It's been so much fun. You guys have been knocking uh, it out of the ballpark. We have been. We, we are doing two episodes a week uh, is what we're doing. So... We are uploading the our latest episode just came out uh, Monday. Check it out. We'll have another episode up Thursday. Uh, it's hand ready to go. Ready. It's already been recorded, um, and it's just been so much fun going through this journey with my daughter um, and seeing her excitement of watching the Clone Wars and seeing all these characters and falling in love with it just like I did um with star wars just like i did when i was that age so that's it's really really fun uh with that being said uh remember this is not just my star wars this is not just your star wars this is our star wars until next time may the force be with you this is the way